read that God said, the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So Adam, right out of the way, had to start in his existence. He was the gardener. He was the gardener of Eden. But what happened? Sin happened. Adam and Eve sinned. And so God removed them from the garden. And so we fast forward and we see that sin, death, and the grave went, came into this world because of that first sin. But the good news is, we've gained more in Christ than what we've lost in Adam. See, I grew up mistakenly thinking that, oh, Jesus died for me so he could wipe my slate clean so I could now fill it up with all the right things I was supposed to do. No, no, this is so much better than that. It is so much more gooder news than that. It's that Jesus doesn't just wipe my slate clean and tells me to here fill it up. He took my filthy slate with him on the cross and died with it and gave me his slate to count as if it were mine. That's the good news, is that he exchanged places with us on the cross. So see, now it's not, it's not so much being counted in heaven as if you had never sinned. It is also being counted in heaven as if you had always obeyed. Because God looks at us and sees the blood of his son, and he says that he is well pleased with it. That is that's a game changer. It's what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. It's over. The war with death, hell, and sin is over. Jesus took your place on the cross. Romans 5, chapter 12 through verse 19. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more, much more, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Amen. Jesus is the new Adam. He has replaced Adam. We are no longer connected to Adam in that sense of sin. We are connected with the new Adam. And if you start in Genesis, go all the way through, you'll see flashes of examples pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ. He does it on purpose because he loves us. He's so on purpose with how blatant and explicit he is in his offering of himself. Jesus is the new Adam. In John 
chapter 20. Now follow this. This is really cool. Remember what Adam's occupation was before he sinned? He was the gardener, right? John chapter 20, starting at verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus is the new Adam. He's redeemed everything, even to be mistaken for a gardener. And he's calling each and every one of your name this morning, saying, come to him. Will the men come forward, please? Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and we had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is the benefit of partaking in the Lord's table? It's the words. It's the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. It shows us that in the table, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. How can bodily eating and drinking do such things? Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but it's the words. It's the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with communion, are the main thing in the table. Because whoever believes these words have exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Dear Holy Father, we thank you so much for the cross. We thank you so much for you taking our place. We thank you so much for your words, your words of promises to us, your words of comfort to us. We thank you so much for rising from the dead just like you promised. And we thank you so much that you've promised that because you've been raised, we will be raised also. And we thank you for your comfort, Lord, when the enemy when the enemy persecutes us and when the enemy tells us that we are a sinner and that we are a sinner in deserving wrath, we thank you that we can be comforted by reminding our enemy with these words, it is true that I am a sinner, but there is a man who has made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God, and where he is, I will be also. Thank you for that promise, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
I say, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm saying, praise the Lord. Can I hear an amen? <clears throat> I just wanted to acknowledge that what a difference it was with all your praise team, John, Pastor John and Ben, being here to do it. They did a wonderful job. Amen. Good job today. So proud of you. <clears throat> praise the Lord. There's one thing that Billy thinks I forgot, but that she's birthday on Friday. And I'm going to say happy birthday to her. Come on, Billy. Very quickly, now come under my wing here. Let's get it. I can't, oh, your mic's not on. I can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how old he is, because I've lost track. But how old are you, Billy? Forty-four. Forty-four. I'll be forty-five. 45 coming up, <laughs> and he has a lot of miles in his clock, we, as you can see, where the rubber hits the road. Are we on, Ben? Praise the Lord. That's it. Well done. You know what happened, Ben? Jimmy put the top. We'll put him under the bus, but never mind. Come on, Billy. Let's all sing happy birthday to Billy. 44 long years. 45, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 45. And uh, he has requested me to sing because he thinks I'm the best singer in the church. So here we go. Right, John? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday. Five years old and never being kissed. Every Saturday. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't God good? I've got some great friends with me here today who I'm very proud of to be here. And I've got those that I don't know that are here today, and I'm very proud of you all being here also. Praise God. Some uh, uh, I was expecting to see, and some I wasn't expecting to see. But who is here? I believe that God has already planned for that. We're going to sing a song to you this morning, just before I speak. And I think the song will speak for itself. So if you're ready, John, and then I've got a short word. But directly, let me just tell you that directly when the church is finished, gather your children, your old men and old women, and go downstairs across the street here at the gazebo, and we have an exciting Easter egg roll hunt. And there's enough eggs for you to make an omelet twice a week this week. So Easter egg hunt, grab the kids, go downstairs. Please be careful crossing the street. We might need a police escort, I'm not too sure. But uh, uh, just uh, right after that, let's go and, and have fun with the children and their Easter egg hunt. Let me just say, Lieutenant, LT, we're so proud of you. And we pray God's blessing on you. And uh, everybody that serves alongside you and under you, we just pray for them also. Right, here we go. Sing this song with gusto. That means I wanted to tell you that I'm very apologetic of 
Zach, Pastor Zach being so subdued this morning. He's not normally that uh, quiet, so uh, praise the Lord. He was great today. Bless you, Pastor Zach. song this morning, just say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. A man was walking down the street and saw a beautiful painting in a shop window of a cru crucifixion. He stood there gazing at the picture for the longest time. Then he realized that a little boy was standing at his side. He patted the little boy on the head and said, what does that mean? The little boy answered, don't you know? That man there is Jesus on the cross. The woman that's crying, that's his mother Mary. The others are the Roman soldiers that killed him. The man smiled and walked away. A few minutes later, he heard somebody running behind him. As he turned, he saw the little boy running towards him out of breath. Mister, mister, he said. Mister, mister. I forgot to tell you something. He didn't stay dead. Hallelujah. He didn't stay dead. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't stay dead. I'm here to reiterate the little boy's words. He didn't stay dead. Is that exciting? Praise the Lord. And he's still alive today. That's why we celebrate 
Easter, the tomb is empty. It's not exciting. Must be exciting for some of you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me read it to you from the Word of God, from Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to, to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back like, uh, like back the lightning, and the, his clothing, clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the, the disciples that he is risen from the dead and indeed is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring the disciples' word. As they went to tell the, his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I pray that God will add a, a blessing to the reading of his word. The tomb was empty. He was no longer where he lay. He's alive. Yes, what a difference a week makes. Many have said, what a difference a day makes. Yeah. But I'm reminiscing as I'm preparing for today, what a difference a week makes. Last Sunday, we had Palm Sunday. And I was telling you what was going to happen during Palm Sunday. How Jesus sent his two disciples into the village to get a, a, a donkey and its colt and bring it to him. And when they brought the donkey and the colt to him, he put, they put their coats on top of it so he could ride it into Jerusalem. The people were so excited, those that had seen the miracles that he had performed and knew the things that Jesus had done the week before Palm Sunday, on Palm Sunday, as he was riding in, they were shouting and singing and rejoicing like we were doing this morning. Hosanna! Glory to the King! Praise his wonderful name! Oh, they were so excited. They were just elated with enthusiasm. That's what I told you last week. But you know, just a couple of days later, the same people, like it could be us here, that was raising our hands and rejoicing, Zach, Pastor Zach, getting so excited. The same people that was doing that a few days earlier, later said, crucify him. Crucify him. Give us Barabbas. They changed their tune. Why would they have changed their tune? What was the difference? Instead of praising him, they were shouting, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. It was, there's going to be dark days ahead. Thursday night, one of his disciples, longtime companions and friend, friend betrayed him with a kiss. They held a mock trial in that place on Thursday and Friday. They got false witnesses to speak against him. 
he was whipped and beaten with a cat of nine tails, which is a whip with pieces of metal on it that would just tear out the flesh as, as they beat him. He carried his cross to Golgotha while the crowds yelled and crossed, cursed him. He was then nailed to a cross and mocked. Even a crown of thorns was pushed onto his head. He asked his heavenly father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, thy will be done. Darkness even covered the earth. He was crucified. Just think about it. Can you imagine the grief of his mother Mary, his disciples who had left everything to follow Jesus and to be at his side? How they must have felt watching all the terrible things that were happening. Even the religious leaders were involved. It was a dark day. It was a dark day. You may be going through a dark time in your life. Listen to me. I had a couple of people come up to me just this morning and tell me circumstances that they're having in their life, and it seemed like a dark day for them. I don't know if you've ever been in a dark day when you couldn't see your way clear and you thought that there was never going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Have you been there? Have you felt that? Have you gone through these situations? It was a dark day. You may be going through a dark time in your life right now, this morning, as I'm speaking to you. Just think about the different circumstances that come against us. And we just, we've prayed to the Lord and there just doesn't seem to be no answer. But there is an answer for you, and it will come in his time. You might be facing what you feel is an impossible situation. Everyone is against you. No matter who you may, they're all against you. And they're coming on top of you, and you can't, you, you, you just can't take it anymore. And it seems that just everything is set to destroy you. The old devil is having a war party. He's coming to rob, to steal, and to destroy you. And that's his aim. That's his goal. The Lord has come to give us life, but the devil has come to give us, to destroy us. I have a scripture for you this morning. In Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It, it didn't make much sense at the time of the crucifixion, but that was not the end. Only the beginning. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Jesus went through all that for us. All the beatings, all the scourgings, all the embarrassment, the humility, everything he went through. He went through it for us. We did the table earlier today. The reason we took bread and we took the wine and the table says there in front of you, in remembrance of me. We do that in remembrance of him. Jesus Christ who loved each and every one of you and hearing of my voice today. He loved us enough that he, wa he was willing. He was willing, and it was tough, but he was willing to give his life so that you and I, we may have eternal life with him. How do you receive eternal life? There's only one way, and that is to accept Jesus Christ into your heart and in your life. Now, it's not a difficult thing. Some of you wild men from Borneo, I would tell you you've got to jump out that 
back window at my office and into the flower port behind Martha's Vineyard there, behind, and you would willingly do it with the risk of breaking your legs and scarring your feet, you would do that. But when we ask you to do a simple thing, by just asking him and acknowledging him, asking him, Jesus, come into my heart, come into day, come into stay. There's so many of us don't want to make those words, you know, for whatever reason. It could be a good reason, a bad reason, or no reason at all. Let me encourage you today. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart and life, you can do it today by that simple prayer. And I'll tell you, your life will be transformed. Your life will be changed. How do you do? What do you, how? Because I did it. And my life was changed. And I was a wild and woolly, I wasn't a marine. They're wilder and woollier, I know that. But I was a, a, in the British Army, I was wild. I did all things that soldiers and submarines do. I did it all. I did everything that this and this world had to offer. But you know, when I accepted Jesus into my heart and life, my life was changed and transformed. And he took me from the gutter to where I am today. And for that decision that I made against all odds, I am so thankful and so grateful. And if you've never asked him to come into your heart and life today, you can do it. All you need to be is a little child, like my little grandson. He, he got out, he says. I don't know, he must have been taught in the school, he came home and he said, he got out. Yes, Jesus got out. He's alive and well. Jesus went through it all for us. But I want to tell you that the hard times and the hard things that he went through wasn't wasted because he thought you and I, Jeff, were worth it. We were worth it. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're worth it all. Yeah. He conquered death and the grave. That was the last enemy he had to face. And as we sung this morning, because he lives, we can have eternal life if we have have a, only ask him into our hearts and our lives. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Gloria Gaither was given that song during a very, very difficult time in our life. Her marriage was going wrong. Their group was going wrong. She just lost a baby, and she was facing a dark day. And I believe the Lord gave, us, gave her that song and made it famous. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. The little boy was right. Mister, mister, I forgot to tell you. He didn't stay dead. He's alive. I'm here this morning, this Easter resurrection morning. I'm here to tell you that the tomb is empty. He's no more there where he lay. He's gone. He got out. He got out. And he's alive. And he's alive today. Will the team come forward? John. Hallelujah. He's alive. And he's alive and well. I pray that you'll have received something from this wonderful worship and praise that we've received today as you've been here.
my friends from up north and every one of you today that's here. Catherine's got her dad and mom with her this morning and it's good to see them. They always come when it's a special occasion and their family means so much to us. They add so much to this church. You all sing. You all mean so much to every one of us. And we are so thankful that you're here and in this place. And we pray for you every day. And I want you to be praying for John Baker this morning as he's real sick in hospital. And uh, he, needs, he needs a real miracle in his life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And there's others here today that, that need prayer. We'll just pray for them today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, why don't you just come forward? Prayer team will come and we'll just, we'd love to pray with you. Jesus is the answer to whatever you need today. Hallelujah. He's no longer where he lay. Hallelujah. He's alive. And he's well. Thank you, Jesus. You need prayer this morning. Why don't you just come forward? In the closing moments of this service, and when the service is done, you know, to take your kids across, be careful crossing for the cars, and uh, we're glad you're with us. And just let's enjoy the little ones having fun as they have their Easter egg hunt this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, go ahead. So she wants to make sure you get a card. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's join together in the closing moments of this service. Mama, we believe Jesus is alive and he's well. And we're just going to pray with you. Your brothers and your sisters, we're going to pray and believe in that whatever you've got need of, Mama, this morning, you look so pretty, you look so beautiful. And we're just going to pray that the Lord will undertake for you in every area of your life. We want you to know, Mama, that you're special and that you're important to all of us. And I just pray that that miracle that only God can give will fall upon you now in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray that his comfort, his grace, his mercy, and his will be done in your life. We're thankful for you, Mama, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Heal and touch. Hallelujah. He's a born woman.